Welcome to Sports Weekly with Ayaz Memon. Hello fans and welcome back to yet another episode of the Sports Weekly with Ayaz Memon. Now, we're coming off the back of yet another CSK triumph that takes them up to four titles now and we have a lot to talk about that we've got the world t20 coming up uh the qualifiers for that are already underway there's been a couple of upsets already uh we also have a bit of football to chat about with somil arora but first here's ayaz memon welcome to the show ayaz thanks mr fantastic as always a pleasure to be on the show awesome let's get straight to it so we saw ms dhoni do what he does best which is win a title and Everyone knows the score, so we're really not just going to go there. But I'm curious to find out, you know, what did CSK do right to just just edge ahead of Kolkata Knight Riders? I mean, in the chase, it seemed like Kolkata were on track till about halfway through their innings, and then it just unraveled, didn't it? It did, and I think that that was the pattern of most matches, especially in the second half of the second phase, where you know, when the ball was hard and new, the batsman could score runs because the bat the ball would be coming onto the bat. But as it got as the match wore on or the overs or the ball started getting a little rough then stroke making became difficult and frankly it was a game of patience and that's where i think uh, mahendra singh dhoni is such a master at he knew that once he got the breakthrough then he could start doing all kinds of things to put kkr under a lot of pressure if you ask me what csk did right chennai super kings i thought that all their players peaked at the right time I and mean, they reserved their best for the last so before this match even i thought that kkr maybe have had, maybe would have had the, had the edge because they had one more matches four matches going into the final csk had actually lost three matches before playing the qualifier against delhi capitals the momentum was with kkr more kkr batsmen were in form kkr's bowling was looking ominous csk's batting was looking very wobbly the bowling yes it did well but it didn't have, seem to have the same edge as kkr's had you know with their spinners with lucky ferguson form but all of that was put aside on the final day i think and also look what happened in the match dhoni lost the toss dropped the catch didn't bat at all but ended up winning the title and holding you know for the fourth time i think he he obviously had a very strong influence in how the how the match panned out because as a captain i thought he was absolutely brilliant making the right moves the previous match just to give you a highlight just to kind of showcase what has happened in that match so kkr went with their in this match too with traditional tactics they relied very heavily on the three spinners which was fine but i don't think that the spinners understood or even ian morgan understood the nature of this pitch compared to the earlier ones how different it was it wasn't a low scoring match you know csk notched up 192 having lost the toss they just read it perfectly in the first few overs and they said listen we have to get a good start don't lose wickets but after that play enough play well enough to get 180 175 180 in the event they got 192 and dhoni when they were defending that score and kkr also got off to a flying start in fact a, a, a start which would have worried most people look at what he never he didn't bowl moin ali at all on this pitch the previous match moin ali had bowled four overs for 27 runs was one of the star spinners along with jadeja this time you know the reason being that off spinners generally against batsmen they can play with the tide and hit them you know towards the onside cart them over the infield and these guys had some inform batsmen kkr so just hold back moin ali chargul thakur seems to be the man with the golden arm he's you know dhoni's been turning to him as as 
विराट कोहली फॉर इंडिया जडेजा बोल वेल जडेजा इन्फ्लुएंस इन द मैच वॉज वेरी स्ट्रॉन्ग टू ब्रिलियंट कैचेस टू टू विकेट्स एंड ऑफ द डे वेन यू गेट दिंग when they are 88 for no loss or 84 for no loss and then you get the opening and then you snuff them out you know i mean there was some last minute heroics by the by the tail enders but by that time the match was already lost for kkr to lose four five six wickets rapidly one after the other just showed how dominant csk became in the middle overs and that happens when your bowlers are bowling to a plan bowling to their field the fielders are excelling and obviously the man behind the stumps was the captain ms dhoni was like a grand you know conductor of a of an orchestra which knew what to do when you know it had to be done i think the vast experience of these players helped them a lot people called it the dad's army four or five or maybe six players were 35 plus in this in this squad but they all delivered at the end of the day moin ali with his cameo dhoni himself with his captaincy and you know dwayne bravo coming in and bowling well as he always does in under pressure he may go for runs but he's the kind of guy who unsettles batsmen so all in all i think it was a marvelous performance by csk and bad luck for kkr they done extremely well to reach the final but on that day they were just not good enough absolutely well it just goes to show the midas touch that ms dhoni has and he's going to continue as mentor for the indian team in the world t20 speaking of what does this mean for the indian team that's going to stay on in the middle east and take part in the world t20 we've spoken a lot about form about for some of our main players and hardik pandya uh, for instance is now not a part of the team uh, do you think ruturaj gaikwad should have made it given he did walk away with the orange cap albeit by just four runs uh, and what do you think the form for some of the others that are a part of the team looks like now suryakumar yadav being top of mind to be honest yeah i mean look if if you have to make a, a a team based on performances in the ipl a lot of the indian squad which is going to play in the world t20 would not feature on on form rohit sharma virat kohli hardik pandya ishan kishan suryakumar yadav uh, bhuvneshwar kumar they wouldn't fit into if you have to pick a team based on ipl performances you know you would pick a ruturaj gaikwad kel rahul certainly jasprit bumrah shardul thakur varun chakravarty uh, except ruturaj they are all there in the squad so that's good mohammad shami bowled extremely well but he may not feature in the ipl 11 but he would be a strong contender but not so much bhuvneshwar so there are some issues leading into the world cup t20 which is about the form of your rohit sharma to start with at the top of the order he didn't look out of form but he didn't get the big scores virat kohli didn't look out of form didn't get the big scores Ishan Kishan, two fantastic knocks, but coming too late for Mumbai Indians. And will he be able to sustain, sustain this form? And even Surya Kumar Yadav, one innings of note. So those are obviously, you know, reasons for worry and concern. I think the two practice matches, one against England and Australia, are going to be very crucial for these guys. I don't see uh, India exposing Varun Chakravarty in this in, in these two matches because he's a mystery spinner, and you want to keep him out of, you know, unleash him on batsmen who might take him apart. in the practice matches demoralize him etc etc i think hardik pandya i don't know if, if they, they should play him uh, in the practice matches because uh, even if he's got great batting form then he can fit in as a as a finisher along with jadeja but overall it's a it's a pretty much a, a, a situation of concern where dhoni's mentorship is concerned i think look he's played with all these players in the ipl so i'm assuming and it's a fair assumption to make that during the course of the ipl he's also been talking to these players about what is likely to happen in the world t20 
already as a mentor i mean he would that that's the input he would already be giving now a mentor's job is not to coach and even coaches frankly don't go and tell rohit sharma and virat kohli how to bat or bumrah how to bowl you know that kind of coaching is done when players are juniors so ravi shastri is not going to teach people how to bat or bowl neither will mahendra singh dhoni i quite liked what virat kohli said in his press conference that uh, you know dhoni has been there done that he knows everybody well in many ways he's been a mentor for all of them because he was playing till 2019 uh, for the indian team and all of them most of these players have made their debut uh, either under his captaincy or playing alongside him what he can do is he can offer ideas and thoughts on what to do in a certain match against a certain bowler on a certain pitch and he says if that improves performance by 1 or 2% that makes the difference between winning or not winning and i think that's a very pragmatic and practical approach that virat kohli has, uh, has identified for mahendra singh dhoni and i think that's the role he's going to play absolutely well uh, speaking of some of the other teams uh, who do you think has the best chance we've got a lot of players except maybe for uh, some of the pakistan players who've seen most of the indian squad in action they've probably worked them out to the last detail and do you think that diminishes india's chances and probably gives some of the others an edge over us Well, look, Pakistan is a is a strong team. Make no mistake about it. You know they've also what they've got for T20 is a is a whole cavalry of all rounders, and that makes a big difference as we know in a match. They've got Babar Azam amongst the finest batsmen in the top five, certainly playing the game currently in any format. Then they've got big hitting Fakhar Zaman, who's come in. You might remember him from uh, the Champions Trophy in 2017. He just won the match off his own bat, uh, and Asif Ali, Hyder Ali. But he, what they've got is. you know players to watch out for mohammad rizwan he's been along with babar azam their best performing player uh, he's replaced sarfraz in the in the side as a wicket keeper he's a free stroking batsman making runs consistently then they've got veterans shoaib malik and mohammad hafiz and both can also bowl a bit but basically they're there for the rich experience and and batting mohammad wasim imad wasim shadab khan Muhammad Nawaz. These are all all-rounders, and they make a big difference in a T20 format, where actually, you know, you don't expect a batsman to bat 30, 40 overs, a 20-over game. You need guys who will sustain the tempo, rotate the strike, run hard between wickets, help the team reach a respectable or competitive total, and then come on bowl a couple of overs or their quota of four overs, and you know, try and pick up wickets or control control the runs. They've also got in-form bowlers in Shaheen Afridi and Hasan Ali. these two bowlers are you know something that we need to keep a note of and i think i think that the indian team will already be watching a lot of what these guys have been doing in recent times so india versus pakistan is really the blue ribbon match of this tournament as we know 24 the tickets were sold out much in advance there's a lot of hype which will emerge uh, and you know some of the hype veers into areas like you know hostility and all which is ridiculous this is sport and everybody should be looking forward to a very competitive game which i think it will be pakistan have been at the receiving end in in the sport from new zealand not touring from england not touring so obviously they have they want to prove a lot to themselves to their fans and to the rest of the cricket world i also you know babar azam mentioned something which is important that by default because the uae was their home home ground for various whatever what matches they played in the last few years they know the conditions there very well so whether they played the ipl or not those players doesn't really matter to them that's his thinking i think look it's a it's a 
it's going to be a tough match for both teams because India versus Pakistan always is, uh, you know, your players are living on the edge, much like in the old days it used to be Ashes in England versus Australia, uh, when the intensity is high and everybody, the, the entire subcontinent, not just the subcontinent, the entire cricket world is looking forward to this match and looking at the performance of the players. I think this is going to be uh, one heck of a contest, and I, I just hope that the, you know that we live, we we end up seeing. Uh, a, a humdinger because that's what you want when teams of the caliber of India and Pakistan are playing in a in an ICC tournament. We've had a few of the qualifiers going on right now, and the most recent result has been Scotland upsetting Bangladesh. Now, remember, Bangladesh and Sri Lanka are both fighting to actually qualify, albeit from different groups, and it seems set up to ensure that the two of them make it. But based on this result, uh, has Bangladesh just made it harder for themselves and? When will they really start playing like a test-playing nation? That's a good good question. Not even a test-playing nation, as an international team. So, what has happened with Bangladesh, I fear, is that they played a lot of matches recently on their home pitches, you know. And those pitches were completely underprepared, like New Zealand. I mean, scores of 70, 80 and 90 were almost like match-winning scores. Now, that gives you a very exaggerated sense of your own winning abilities. And when you get into a situation where the playing field is more level... And then you come up against a Scotland team which has nothing to lose and everything to win. So they recover from 55 or something for 6 to post 140. And this Bangladesh batting is struggling because they haven't really had, you know, the performances or the the rigour in the matches that they played recently and won so easily. They haven't had the rigour to struggle and come out on top. They've also had changes in captaincy and... You know, Bangladesh cricket also, much like Pakistan cricket in the past, uh, was always plagued by a lot of internecine politics and changes in captaincy and team overhaul and they're being dropped and taken back, etc., etc. So I think there's a big uphill task ahead of Bangladesh. Losing to Scotland, the first match, is a psychological dampener. And remember, Bangladesh have had to, I mean, they are qualifying for the tournament. They're not in the tournament per se. So it's a big challenge ahead for them. For Mahmudullah, Shakibul Hassan, Mushfiqur Rahman, all these guys, Mustafizur, Mehdi Hassan, these are you know well-known players with a lot of rich international experience. And to come a cropper against Scotland does not redound to their credit at all. Let's hope that Scotland can continue this and make it to the uh, finals and put up a good show there as well. Uh, another notable event coming out of this world, uh, this year's World T20, is the fact that Papua New Guinea are going to play their first ever men's match. Uh, they lost eight matches heading into the start of the global qualifier in 2019 before they just turned that around and won five out of six. Now, a majority of their squad is from a little village called uh, Hanuabada, which is a conclave near Port Moresby. And this is this is really one of those lovely stories that comes out of some global events, isn't it? Let's hope that more of these players, more of these teams uh, are continuing to make a mark on the global stage. Absolutely. I'll tell you something, Mr. Fantastic, that T20 is the format where the footprint of cricket can be expanded globally. Test cricket, there are, you know, in fact, maybe four countries actually have the resources and the fan base to sustain test cricket. That's the challenge for the ICC. ODIs are losing their sparkle a bit. People watch the first 10 overs and come and watch the last 10 or 12. And whatever happens in between is not, you know, is not widely followed uh, even by viewers. So, T20 is something that can... And P- Papua New Guinea, you might remember from the 2007 World Cup, uh, when they played the ODI World Cup, they played and made a decent 
kind of impression. Now, these are the kind of tournaments where, or there's the format where you'll get players to come in and, you know, they don't have the drill or the expertise to play five-day cricket or red ball cricket, but they can play white ball cricket and certainly T20 to a certain degree of, or certainly high quality. We've seen even with Scotland, this is what happened when they upset Bangladesh. I mean, Greaves, the, the hero of the match, as I had gathered from Somil Arora, who was with us on the show earlier, that he was an Amazon delivery guy, you know. I mean, he comes in and plays. So, cricket is a part-time job for him. But hey, he can tonk the ball long distances, come and field well, come and bowl well, and he becomes a hero. So, that's what you'd expect from teams like PNG and some of the other qualifiers. And don't forget, Afghanistan is in the main draw. And they came this route, I mean, because of T20 cricket. Absolutely. Well, let's hope that this tournament really does line up. And remember, Sunday, 7.30pm India time is India versus Pakistan. Uh, And also the same evening will be Manchester United versus Liverpool. Pick your battles or get two television sets. But it's going to be one heck of a Sunday coming up. Speaking of the football, welcome to the show, Somil. Hello, Mr. Fantastic. How are you doing? Absolutely fantastic as always. And... Looking forward to chatting about football with you. To start off with, it was quite the weekend and you have put forward this question that you want to chat about, which is, have Spurs found their mojo again? If you ask me, no. What do you think? (laughs) I I guess I have to agree. What happened firstly was they beat Newcastle in a really chaotic match, but they eventually ended up conceding a goal only in the second minute. And And you might be thinking, well, this is awesome, right? Newcastle, brand new owners, there's a sense of positivity. But yeah, Spurs recovered after that in in traditional old Spurs style. But that's the thing with Tottenham, Mr. Fantastic. Even though Harry Kane has broken a goal drought, even though he scored his first Premier League goal since the start of the season, even though Spurs have actually got their first away win since August 22nd, I still don't think they've got that momentum because all the way around, they looked very scrappy and Newcastle always had the chances. I mean, eventually, it was an Eric Dyer own goal that got them their second goal. But there's still this element of rustiness around this Nuno Espirito Santo team. And even though they had more shots, they just couldn't quite put many of them on target. And luckily, three of the four shots that they took were goals. And that's where Newcastle actually fumbled up a little bit. I still think it's going to be very, very tricky for Tottenham Hotspur this year. And it's good for them that Harry Kane is firing again. But they've got West Ham next, then Burnley. And yeah, a slightly easier team in Man United, I dare I say this. But things things could be pretty tough. Well, let's hope that they can find their mojo because they certainly haven't. Kane looks like a shadow of himself after the whole transfer saga. And I don't think he's particularly happy staying on at Spurs right now. But that's something he'll have to get over sooner than later. And that's really where a manager's skill, experience and well, why he's getting paid comes in. Uh, moving on to a couple of other important topics, you know. Uh, there were two games that were absolutely outstanding. And I'm not rubbing it in here. But the way Leicester fought back to win against United, even if it was at home for Leicester, the massive domination that Liverpool displayed in their game, that Watford had no clue what hit them. And yes, one more, which is Brentford against Chelsea. And yes, Brentford lost. Chelsea won and are on top of the table. But boy, where has this Brentford team come from? I don't even know, Mr. Fantastic. It's just superb, the kind of confidence that Brentford are able to carry along. And it's tremendous. Brentford versus Chelsea was that sort of match where he thought that, yeah, it's a walkover, right? Chelsea would come in, they would beat Brentford easily. But there's this sense of 
collectiveness about this Brentford team. And, and it's like what Ayas mentioned about smaller teams like uh, Papua New Guinea or Scotland uh, in the cricket segment, where they're just not able to muster up something special. And of course, the difference is that Brentford are professionals. But they've got this unbelievable heart, right? And it's, it's, almost, like a, it's almost like a movie where you say, oh, they fought with heart and spirit and they were able to overcome uh, all the big giants. But this time, of course, they weren't. But the way they played Mr. Fantastic, there was genuine terror on Chelsea's faces. 17 shots for Brentford. Chelsea only had five. Edward Mendy had to make seven mad saves. And, and it literally means seven crazy saves where Brentford just had attempt after attempt after attempt after attempt, but Chelsea just couldn't do anything about it. Ben Chidwell luckily uh, gave them a goal and just needed half time. But honestly, this could have been... This is basically damage limitation of sorts where they escaped really well, Chelsea. Uh, I think this could have been a draw, even a Brentford win for that matter. And it all boils down to the fact that smaller group, smaller unit, there's more collectiveness, it seems. It's awesome stuff. Well, there's been some great matches over the weekend and we're definitely looking forward to the big one, the two red giants clashing next weekend. Um, but nearer home, uh, India have beaten Nepal 3-0 to win a record 8th SAWF championship. What does this mean for the football fans? I mean, I know there's a lot of chatter also around the fact that Chetri now has 80 international goals and he's matched Messi and he's gone past Pele. And I mean, there's absolutely no downplaying that achievement. But where does Indian football really break out of SAFF and move at least to an Asian stage? Uh, that's, a, that's a really tough question. It's, it's been something that's been on the minds of every Indian football fan for years now. And I think... <laughs> We, we, we saw a famous politician make a quote about escape velocity, Mr. Fantastic, a few years ago. And I think this is the kind of stuff that really matters. Even though his context was somewhat different, these wins give you that escape velocity. You see India winning in tournaments like the SAFF Cup. And once you carry that momentum, once you take your young players into the ISL, which is growing in stature every single year, you can develop them and you can mature them a little bit more so that you're more prepared for tournaments like this. It's a long-term cycle. It won't really happen immediately. But it's a big boost. It's India's first FAFF Cup win since 2015. I mean, to be honest, there were only two of them in the middle, like 2018 and this one. But it, it's a good sense that a lot of India's team in this one was young players all around. And Sunil Chetri said that it was because of these young players that we were able to do something really special against a team like Maldives and Nepal who were quite good. Well, let's hope this is the start of moving up. Before we wrap up the show, I have a couple of pointed questions for Ayaz. Are you ready, Ayaz? Yes, I am. Yes. Okay, who will win the India-Pakistan match? <laughs> I think it's, you know, ideally I would like to sit on the fence for a T20 match for any team. But I, I think that, you know, I would go with India for the reason it might seem now a bit of a conundrum or contradictory to what I had said earlier of the main players not being informed. But I think that India seemed to have a better bowling attack uh, than Pakistan. When is the last time we heard that being said? Yeah, I mean, look, that's a, so. I mean, Bumrah has, has been rich form. Mohammad Shami, he may have not fared in the, not featured in the playoffs because Punjab didn't qualify, but he's been bowling extremely well. And I think that the inclusion of Shardul Thakur adds dimension because it allows the Indian team to have a bowler who can also bat. And that becomes very, you know, it just lengthens the batting. Jadeja is in good form with bat and ball. And we've got Varun Chakravarti. He's not going to be played, I think, in the practice matches against England and Australia. Why expose him? But against Pakistan, I can see him coming in. Though Pakistanis can also play spin well. So, and I, I think that the, the the capacity, the ability to absorb pressure seems to be greater in Indian batsmen uh, or the Indian players. We saw that in the 2019 World Cup, ODI World Cup, 
where India really licked Pakistan in in their in their clash. No, because India didn't want to win, but in the Indo-Pak match, India was streets ahead. So I think the the big occasion, the big stage. I think the Indians are a little bit better geared, uh, you know, mentally, and I think in terms of even the bowling talent. I'm just saying the bowling talent because if the batsmen were in great form too, Rohit and Virat, which they can be very soon. Uh, then obviously it gets that much tougher for Pakistan. What we've got right now is a bit of a iffy batting run-in form. Apart from Rahul, the now next four five in the batting lineup haven't done too much in the IPL. Now whether that they are able to turn that form around and come good, if that happens, then I think that India will be uh, not just an edge but quite ahead of Pakistan. Well, let's hope that India can live up to that expectation and. Hopefully next week, same time, we'll be discussing how India beat Pakistan and how one of the two red teams managed to pull one over the other. Thanks so much for joining again. We'll see you next week with Ayaz and Somil. Stay tuned. Thank you, Mr. Fantastic. Fantastic.